Welcome to the Sip and Savor podcast, where I spotlight Houston's best food, fine restaurants, and top culinary names. I'm your host, Mega McSwain. There are so many Houston food people, big name chefs and restaurateurs who I see, meet, and read about, but I don't always have the chance to really get to know them. One such chef is Kaiser Lashkari at Himalaya. Himalaya is located in the Mahatma Gandhi district and has been for 17 years. My family and I have been frequenting that area of Houston most of my life. We've eaten at Himalaya a number of times and of course have always known of Chef Kaiser. But in all my years of food writing, Kaiser and I have not truly spoken more than a couple of minutes. Chef Kaiser was a James Beard semifinalist for Best Chef Southwest in 2019. He, along with his wife, run Himalaya and have garnered a very loyal following, in part due to the food heavyweights that have dropped by for meals, including Anthony Bourdain and Andrew Zimmern. Fun fact, Greg Morago, my pal who works for The Chronicle, asked me to join him for the taping of Zimmern's list at Himalaya, and of course I was elated to go. We were extras in the background as Kaiser and Andrew ate and conducted their interview. So if you happen to see that episode on TV as a rerun, you may spot me in the back hovering over a basket of naan or some chicken tikka. Himalaya is considered an Indo-Pak restaurant, so you'll see dishes that are commonly found on menus in both Indian restaurants and Pakistani restaurants, from chicken tikka to chicken korma. But over the years, Chef Kaiser has been increasingly popular for his imaginative fusion dishes as well. He does a spicy fried chicken, crawfish etouffee, and chicken fried steak, items that you probably wouldn't expect to see and that are so unique in their flavors. Come along as I visit Himalaya and discuss food, Houston, and the restaurant biz with Chef Kaiser Lashkari. Kaiser, thank you for joining me on Sip and Savor. How are you? Good, and thank you for having me. So I want to get right into Himalaya. It is such a, a standout restaurant in Houston. So many people know of it. If they haven't tried it, they've heard of it for sure. They've heard of you. It was opened in 2004? Yes. Start, okay, so mm-hmm. 17 years. 17 years complete, 18 running. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. So let's talk about you. I want to... We've met before here and there, but I don't know, you know, much about your story uh, in Houston. So when, how long have you been in Houston? In Houston, 41 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's almost the same amount as me. Okay. <laughs> where, where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. Okay. And was raised in Mumbai and Karachi. Okay. So I was born in Mumbai. Okay. Great. <laughs> so this is this what makes this restaurant so unique is that since I grew up in both cities in Mumbai and Karachi, I I got to taste the food of Mumbai and Karachi and this is the only restaurant where you'll find Malai Kofta and Paneer Butter Masala and Saag Paneer and then you'll have Nihari Korma and Biryani and Peshawari Kadhai all in all in under one roof. Right. So this that's is what makes this restaurant 
unique besides the fact that my wife and I we are both uh, um, characters of of, <laughs> of of some sorts. So you run this restaurant with your wife yes. and you have done so from the beginning. Yes, ma'am. And like you mentioned that the restaurant encompasses all of those different, I guess, flavor profiles, dishes, regions. Um, that's where the Indo-Pak comes from, right? Yes. Because I know a lot yes. of people don't understand when a restaurant is an Indian restaurant or a Pakistani restaurant or an Indo-Pak restaurant. So that's kind of where that comes from. In the truest sense of the word, this is Indian and Pakistani restaurant because we serve goat, lamb, and we serve beef, you know. Because we, a lot of people might not know this, but in Hindu, Hindi res, or Indian restaurants, you won't see a lot of beef because yes, Hindu yes. people don't eat beef. Right. Well, a lot of young kids are now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to admit that I do eat okay. beef sometimes. Okay. but um, And once they taste my steak tikka, they, they don't go to, for, to have steak anywhere else. Oh, really? Steak yeah. tikka? Yeah. So is that like chicken tikka? But no, it's, it's, it's a steak. It's a steak? Yeah, wow. It's a very, very, very well-seasoned, well-marinated steak. Moist, juicy, and, and char-grilled. Wow, that sounds really good. You know, Indian and Pakistani food, if you cook from the heart, it will give you the best of the best of the best flavors and sp- because we have the best spices available. Right. We have a plethora of spices that very few cuisines in the world can boast of. In fact, nobody has this, this, many, this many amount of, uh, of different spices. Just the cardamom, we have green cardamom, white cardamom, brown cardamom, black cardamom. Zira, cumin, we have white zira, we have shah zira, we have kala, kala zira. Uh, so we have been blessed with a lot of spices. And if you use those spices correctly, if you temper them in, in oil or you roast them on the, on the griddle and then use them, you will come out with fantastic food. You came to Houston. Were you coming... Did you have family here? Or what, what made you choose Houston? My mom was already here for a year. And the, the, my first semester was at University of Kansas at Lawrence. And uh, after one semester and the, and the, the snow and, and the cold got me back to... Originally, I had planned to come to Houston only. But the way the the visa and the paperwork and my i20 and everything worked out was i i was offered the the you know to come here through university of kansas and then i had decided that i will move down to houston but one semester of cold and snow made me rush back to houston because <laughs> yes the weather is better yeah, here the weather is way better over here did you know at that time that you wanted to open a restaurant or were you just kind of uh, no, what happened was that I, I, when I finished my uh, bachelor's in hotel restaurant management and I, uh, and I worked for, for Marriott and uh, then I worked for the Ritz-Carlton and then I worked for Westin Hotels and I, I immediately said that there, is, there are restraints when you're working in a corporate environment, there are restraints on your creativity. Right. You can only do so much and only only say yes to the bosses who are sitting in the in the in the glass offices who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground <laughs> well. you know. um, so not a fan of the corporate yeah environment. no i'm 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 not um, too much of a uh, 
independent thinker to so to speak so i i have to i have to do things my way thank god for the university of houston uh, hilton college where i was educated that they taught me such valuable principles such great knowledge that i could carry myself all these years and become successful at what i was doing but as long as you do what you do with your heart and you do it right uh, you will be successful exactly and you won't be successful in this business if you don't have a partner that doesn't understand this business thank god for for that because i i was blessed with a wife who was not only the backbone of the kitchen but also very very understanding of uh you know the number of hours we work together and and what it entails she knows firsthand and very very understanding very supportive uh of everything that i do now that's that makes a huge difference because the restaurant industry it's hard it's hard work the hours are really hard and so when you are together in it and the other person completely understands what you're going through and they're beside you not only do you have that time together but you just have that like relief that okay you know i coming home at 2 a.m. I mean we were just talking about recording today on a day off and you guys were out of here last night at 1:30 in the morning. Yes, yes. So, yes. yeah. Because we are closed on Monday so we do a deep cleaning on Sunday night uh as is necessary and and customary. You see I think a lot of guests don't see that. They come in see you during dinner and then they don't think anything after 5 hours later you guys are still there doing all of the stuff that goes behind the scenes there is a very beautiful meme on the on facebook of a ballet dancer's uh, feet they show one feet one foot with the with the ballet shoe on and the other one which has uh, bruises right i've and, seen and, that yeah yes. and blood coming out yeah. of it and and says everybody wants to be successful till they see what it entails to be suc- to be true. successful yeah. so that's what it is let's talk about the the food at himalaya what was your vision from the beginning what i wanted to do was no i'll be very honest with you very very honest with you about this we had a basic menu when we started and all i wanted to do was provide the food in all its authenticity because a lot of people times people here come come to america a lot of chefs and they give their own spin and own version of of things like korma like biryani like biryani is never to be made when the meat is boiled the sauce is ready and the rice is boiled that's not how you make and then you put it all of it together put some food color on it <laughs> microwave it that is not biryani no that doesn't biryani sound like biryani is it. where you you cook the raw meat in and create the sauce then you lay you parboil the rice then you layer the rice then you steam the rice that's the that's the real way there's a lot of steps that go into these dishes that exactly. seem kind of biryani is chicken and rice yeah. but there's a lot of i mean it's very complex dish it there's is, a lot that is, goes it into is. it and i have spoiled many a biryani before <laughs> i perfected it um so i wanted to do original authentic food i didn't want to you know like you know be a colonel sanders or you know try to be something very extraordinary all i want to do to was to give basic food but really good tasting food using the best raw material available to us at the at the at the time and so it was alvin schulz chef alvin yes. schulz you know yes. you heard of it and eric sandler uh 
who started this whole thing of fusion, they, they, they needled me to say, hey, why don't you do a fried chicken? And the fried chicken led, uh, uh, Alvin uh, needled me further to, to make chicken fried steak. And from there on, we started the paratadilla, which is my favorite Mexican food. I go to any Mexican restaurant. I look at the menu for 10 minutes. I still order the quesadillas. <laughs> I, I absolutely love quesadillas. So I put, the ques- I put my own spin on the quesadilla and I called it paratadilla. Then we started a bunch of stuff. I used to go to this. People will laugh about this, but I used to go and have breakfast at Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. This morning, there's a lot of jokes on on the on the Facebook about me saying Cracker Barrel has good breakfast. <laughs> well, so, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think it's a great. Breakfast. I like Southern breakfast. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> when I went to Cracker Barrel and I tra- tasted the chicken and dumplings, I said I could make the dumplings much much more seasoned and much more lively. So I made chicken and dumpling masala. Then we made crawfish etouffee masala. Then we made brisket masala. Then we made smoked brisket and, and masala. You know, so so we, you were taking these dishes that you were learning about in Houston that you liked and putting your spin on them with different spices yes, that, that yes, we talked yes, about. Yeah. Yes, but the whole thing catapulted because of the, the seeds planted by Eric Sandler and Alvin Schulz who said, try the chicken fr- uh, fried chicken, make the fried chicken and make the chicken fried steak. I, I marinated the chicken in masala spices. The one thing that makes this chicken much better is because, you know when fried chicken has a certain funky taste sometimes? Yes. Because of the skin. Okay. Because the skin, if it's not correctly, if the chicken is not correctly trimmed out of, of its fat and the skin is not removed, the chicken will always have a little bit of that funky smell. Right. We remove the skin and we circumcised the, the chicken. <laughs> and uh, then, then we, we, we make the, we, make, we put our marinade and then we, we fry it. But it's, it has to be in marinade for 72 hours, wow. not before that. Wow. Nothing before that. The, plus the ginger garlic, yeah. plus the garam masala. It all kills that, that little funky smell that you get in other chickens. Right. No, that's that's so interesting that that's how that started. But now you have a lot more fusion dishes. As, and, and it's going to be endless. We have done, we have done, uh, we have done a desi pizza. We have done a desi hamburger, which we call bun kebab. Okay. We have done. Is the only thing that makes those different, or is the spices, or are you are there toppings that are different? Like I know there's a lot of. I mean, there's chutneys you can use and things like that to make it. I'll give you a small example of the chicken fried steak. The gravy on the chicken fried steak in the southern part of this world is uh, butter, flour, g- black pepper, and that's how the gravies, the white gravy is made. Right. But we make our white gravy with, with, with coconut milk, oh. with cashew nuts, with, with white pepper, and a bunch of few other secret ingredients that we use. <laughs> so, so to... When you put both the gravies together, you won't know which is which until you have the until you put it on, put it in your mouth. You'll know which which gravy is which. Right? Yeah, that's so, so interesting. So it's, it's to, to look at it, it's the same thing. To look at the the crawfish masala etouffee, it looks the same as as though it was made in a Louisiana kitchen. But when you taste it, you say, "Oh, this is different. This is a different sauce. This is a different curry." 
So do you think that that really put you on the map in Houston? That, you know, of course, I mean, in 2004, well before that, there was plenty of Indian restaurants. I mean, you're situated right here in Little India. There's a lot of restaurants in this strip alone. But do you think that after the years went on that people knew, okay, yes, he's making good food, but, oh, now I'm going back and I can get these, you know, this fried chicken or this something different, you know, than a regular Indian restaurant? You see, you sometimes you work very hard and you don't be, you are not successful. So I was, I had a previous restaurant before Himalaya called Kaiser's. It was on Beechnet in Kirkwood. And the, the demographics of that place had gone down so badly that we had absolutely or virtually no money to even eat food. We were so poor, oh, my wow. wife and I. And uh, that's, we just worked hard and we kept our nose to the grind and said, you know, one day, hopefully, God willing, everything will be okay. And so <clears throat> when the lease expired over there, my friends who had confidence in my food said, here is $2,000, here is $6,000, here is $7,000, here is $10,000. And they gave me like forty, fifty thousand dollars just just on my uh, just on my word that he will return this money to us someday. We literally used to not have money to eat food. I would, I don't know if you, if you, uh, if you remember, Jack in the Box had a large turkey panini. I don't remember yeah, that. Okay, so they used to have this turkey panini. We would eat half of that panini oh each one goodness. of us have a have a soda and go to sleep. That's that's how poor we were. Oh my goodness! When we came here, we worked very hard. We we paid off the loans. We paid off everybody, and. The restaurant became successful, but I will t- I will be honest with you. In in addition to the to the hard work, the dedication that we put in, there was one man single handedly responsible to bring this restaurant on the world's map. Not not nationally, but internationally, because some people from England have come here just to eat the food. Right. They've they've said they've told their taxi drivers. Take us to Himalaya. Okay, I was going to tell you this, that my relatives who have visited Houston throughout all the years, they would say, we want to eat at Himalaya. So that one person, God rest his soul in peace, was Anthony Bourdain. When Anthony Bourdain came here, this restaurant became very well known. So at that point, you think it was becoming more mainstream in Houston? People from different neighborhoods were starting to make the journey into Little India to eat here? Is that... Yes. You think that was the turning point? Plus the fact that you... I, I'm glad you brought this up. Plus the the fact that this Hillcroft became Gandhi District. Right. You know, it was just known as Little India, but then it be- officially became Gandhi District. Right. That was a huge impetus to the business. And Anthony Bourdain, and then Andrew Zimmern, and then the country reporter, and then, you know... Uh, right, you've gotten a lot of national press. I mean, right, people may have right. seen, you know, seen you on TV and... But it's 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 because, like, to be honest with you, we operate each day like it's our first day. Every day that we start our business, every day that we make sure that this is this is the best meal that is going to the table. And very few people, very few restaurants do that. Very few restaurants. And those restaurants that do this are very successful. Right. Because there is, you know, there is huge competition. There is huge competition in this business. Uh, from all, all parts, you know, not only in, uh, not only from within Hillcroft, but from all different parts of people, from all different parts, like Clear Lake, um, 
Pearland, Sugarland, Sugarland, oh. North Houston, Kingwood. People come from all over the place. People drive woodlands. People come from from all over to to have the food. They come to Hillcroft because Hillcroft has the most variety of Indian Pakistani food right. to be offered. Plus, I have to thank all the people that come and give us their business. I I have to thank all the people that have given us so much business during the during the lockdown. If it was not for their support, we would not have been able to keep our doors open because it was that bad. Business right. was there was only twenty two percent business left. Wow! When we were in the lockdown, we still we still managed to keep all the employees. We had three dishwashers. We let go of one. and that's the only person we let go we made we we kept all the staff we we paid them almost 80 80 85% of their salary because their hours were cut but thank thank you Houston thank you for all the wonderful people that you are that you helped us and supported us and uh continue to give us your your support it doesn't matter it's been 17 years it's hard it's very hard very hard. So this restaurant, you know, I want to describe it because it's it's basically one big room, very casual, uh, but there is table service, right? Like a waiter comes and takes your order for lunch and for dinner, mm-hmm. uh, but it also is BYOB, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm I know when I've come in, you see people bring their wine and they're really sitting down, relaxing and having a nice meal. It's not like this come eat and leave. Right, and besides, there is no corkage fee. Oh, that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so I think that's what really makes um, makes you get those regulars and people who know that they're going to get a good solid meal, but it's kind of you know easy going and it's relaxed over here. This business is all about repeat business. You can go to a very high end place, have a nice meal, pay a ton of money, but you may not go back because the food was not like out of this world or something. But we try to give them an experience where. you will find that quality and that intensity of flavor nowhere else and that is what has kept this place going with plastic table covers with chairs that are wobbling with paint that is not not with a restaurant that has not been painted well with the ceilings and the ceiling tiles all old and and But, wobbly know, like me this whole <laughs> this whole restaurant is surrounded by uh articles clippings of all of the i guess you know recognition that you've received and it is i mean each inch of these walls is covered it's pretty all amazing all sweat and blood yes sweat and blood if you if you if you put your heart into it and as i have i used to teach college and i used to tell them about you know i i taught ho- uh, hotel restaurant management at the university of houston as well as at houston community college i used and i used to, to teach food and beverage controls i would say the only shortcut in cooking is uh, sorry the only shortcut in life is using a freeway the the there is no shortcuts in indian pakistani cooking the minute you take a shortcut people will immediately know even to this day i have to have i have to fight a battle with with the staff sometimes if you unbeknownst to you they'll take a shortcut and i'll immediately know that they've taken a shortcut and i'll i'll have to throw away all the stuff that they've done and restart because I do not want anybody to get a f- inferior quality of meal right. and ha- always have a good experience. So 99.99% of the time you will always it will be a hit and there are places that are very very uh uh well promoted, well decorated in very very high end areas 
but the food can be a hit or a miss. Sure. But at Himalaya, you will always have a hit. So what would you tell someone if they're a first timer or if they're a repeat customer of try your menu is very large. So maybe they've tried a few things. What would you tell them? You have to try this. This is something that Himalaya really represents well. You know, I know it can be hard to name one dish, but I always try to I always when I when I taught school also I said a restaurant cannot be successful if it only has one or two or three dishes that are really good to offer. You have to make 10 15 things that are really good that are really worth uh you know for people to come back if i would if i were to single out a few things i would say the biryani the chicken hara masala the chicken korma the chicken kadhai the nihari the haleem This is a the, lot of dishes. The gola kebab and above all the hunter's beef. The hunter's beef is the only we are the only restaurant or food establishment in North America that serves authentic pastrami. Hunter's beef is a is is a Pakistani style pastrami but it's ironic it is it is the thought and baby of an Indian who migrated from in 47 from India from Darjeeling actually to Pakistan. the hanifia family and they started the hunters beef the hunters beef is is uh, when the british ruled india they they would do roast beef which and you know most most uh, english food is is not now with things are changing with all due respect but in those days it was much more bland and much more boiled meats and boiled potatoes and So the desis, what they did was they took the hunter's beef, they 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 added their spices, and then they made a mustard sauce. The mustard sauce. Nobody has taught me how to make that mustard sauce, but I, as a kid, used to go to Hanifia, which was a few miles from where we live, and I would taste their 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 mustard sauce, and and I taste their mustard sauce, and I taste their mustard, and then I, I came up with something which is ninety nine point nine percent close to the Hanifia's original Hanifia's mustard sauce. So that mustard sauce sauce gives it that daisy touch because the mustard sauce is very spicy. The hunter's beef is made. Uh, just like the british used to make their their uh, pastrami it's basically the hunter's beef is a cross between a corned beef and a pastrami okay yeah see i would never have expected something like that i didn't even know that that was on the menu i'll have to try that next time thank you so much kaiser for joining me i feel like i've learned so much and you know with indian pakistani food there's so much history behind it so Absolutely. it's nice to to learn a little bit about that and it was wonderful to learn of your history here in Houston all right thank you so much thank kaiser you. thank you you have to appreciate when chefs are genuinely so passionate about their food and restaurants and just so truly hospitable As we mentioned, I visited Chef Kaiser on a day that Himalaya was closed, and he felt bad that he couldn't offer me any food. He immediately made coffee and brought out some dates for us to snack on. He said that they were good for us. <laughs> that same warmth and welcoming feeling is felt when you dine in, and I urge you to do so if you have not before. Thank you for listening to Sip and Savor today. If you want to connect with me on social media and follow more of my Houston dining adventures, You can follow me at Hot Pink Houston on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and follow at Sip and Savor Podcast for more photos relevant to today's episode. 
If you love this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe and look out for new episodes every Wednesday on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. Until next time, sip and savor well. Thank you.